Well, God is good. All the time. Amen. Good to be back in, not the sunny south, but the cold north. It's better than it was when we left. We left here the week after we had that cold weather of 20 below zero with a wind chill factor of 40 below. When we got down to Florida, it was 83 degrees. Wow, that's over 100 degrees difference in weather. Almost had a shock. We enjoyed ourselves beyond our expectation. One couple told us that you are really a nice couple to be with, and I contribute that mostly to my wife. <laughs> okay, this morning I am going to uh, share a message of... Uh, types and shadows. I had one person tell me that uh, you shouldn't really preach on types and shadows. Nothing is a type unless the Bible specifically says that. That man was uh, a premillennialist that told me that. And then Irvin Hirschberger made a great study of types and shadows, and he was a premillennialist. So I kind of think that one of them was wrong, but uh, that's beside the point. I'm going to share a little bit of what I've learned over the last several weeks and maybe months. I really enjoy our study in the book of Genesis, and uh, I'm going back into some that we have uh, had in our Sunday school class, but I don't remember if I was here during this particular time or not. I don't remember us having much of a discussion concerning this, and that's not belittling the Sunday school teachers at all, but it was something that I found, and, and to me it was very interesting and uh, thought-provoking. So I'm going to use that this morning. If you want to, you can turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 5. And I'm going to be talking about Noah. Oh, before I forget to tell you this, we had a, a real good time in, in, in Florida. We've met different people, met with different people, talked with a lot of people. And one of the people that we talked with and visited with and had a good time with was uh, Keisha. She came from South Carolina down to Florida to spend time with Grandpa and Grandma, and they invited us over 
one Saturday afternoon, and uh, Barbara made supper for us, and and then uh, we sat there. I, we were invited to come there by three o'clock in the afternoon. So we got there, and of course uh, they told us that Tisha was there. And we just had a real good time with with them. We we enjoyed that so much, you know. And we stayed there and visited till it was time for supper. Barbara had made the supper, and we ate, and then we sat around and talked a while. And uh, I thought it was about time for us to leave. Well, then they said we we haven't played any games yet, so. That was on a Saturday evening, and we played games then. I think it was about 6.30, 7 o'clock, maybe 6.30 when I thought we should go home. But then you wanted to play games, so we played games till 11 o'clock that evening. And we just had, we just had a real good time with Keisha and with uh, Eli's. Also, we, uh, Brother Willis told me that there's a Bible school going on in uh, the tourist church, and he encouraged us to go there because this there's two brethren that came from Plain City, Ohio, and one of them was is a school teacher, and the other one is an evangelist. So in the morning they had their Bible study, and I mean yeah, in the morning, and then in the evening they had an evangelistic service, and so went there to that. And it was it was tremendous that that teacher from from uh, Plain City. Like I say, he was not a preacher; he was a, a teacher, and he taught on science and the Bible. And Willis was right; it he was interesting. He could stand up there and talk for hour, and not even look at his notes. He, he was so full of it, you know, that full of the Holy Ghost, I should say. And people had all kinds of information about this fellow. Some said they just, don't enli- they, they just don't enjoy it because you should have a dictionary to understand what he's talking about. So I was telling another person that, and he said, well, why don't you get an in- a dictionary then? because it was needful to understand what that person was talking about and the way he introduced science and what he said about it and how that it goes with the Bible. And uh, some people just said they just don't get it, but it, it was good. I'm not saying that I got everything or understood everything either, but at least I tried, and the Lord has blessed me with it. So this morning I would like to take us back to the sixth chapter, like I said, And read there a few verses, Genesis chapter 6, chapter 5, and verse 28 and 29. And Lamech lived a hundred eighty and two years and begat a son, and he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord had cursed. Now, there's a certain name that, uh, or meaning that 
the name Noah has. Does someone know what that is? What does the name Noah mean? Anyone, the Bible scholars. And according to what I read, it means rest. The name Noah means rest. So when, when the, his uh, father died, or when his, let's see, 20, lived in 102 years and begat his son and called his name Noah. So when he, when he said that this man will give us comfort concerning our toil, Noah was going to bring rest. In the beginning, to begin at the beginning, Noah's very name foreshadows the coming one. I would like to speak about types that we see, the type of Christ that we see in Noah. How many are there? I have found 18 18 types of Jesus Christ from Noah. Now, I don't know, did we miss all of them in Sunday school class, or were they talked about and, and I wasn't here? That could easily be. And maybe at times, if it was spoken, I didn't get it. I, I am, I'll be the first one to say that I don't get everything that, that Nate says because he's, he's also one of those... Uh, <laughs> okay. okay, the same shall comfort us concerning the toil incurred by the cursed. And that's what, what he said, his father said, this man shall comfort us concerning the curse that has come upon us. He will give rest concerning the toil incurred by the curse. And that you can go back to Isaiah 10, 10 and read that. And also Matthew 11, concerning Jesus Christ, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So it was, Noah is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And some very important things to learn about that. Okay, Genesis 6, verse 8. It, I think I'll go back and, and start in verse uh, 5. And God saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Can you imagine what God saw when he looked down and saw upon the face of the earth all people that their minds and wicked ways, they were evil continually. And I don't think it was getting better, it was getting worse as God looked down and saw these things. And it repented the Lord that he had made man. When it says here, it repented the Lord, does, it does not mean that he did the wrong thing, that God did the wrong thing. It's not that kind of repented, repenting. But it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And this is the first time 
that the word grace is found in the Old Testament. So, Noah, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, uh, God spoke to Noah and told him about this. And I got down here that in Matthew uh, 3, 7, it says that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And it was the same way with Noah. Noah was a man that somehow he found he was a just man. And God found this Noah, the just man. So somewhere along the line, when as Noah was walking with God amidst all the wicked people and evil people in the world at that particular time. Noah was the one that found grace. And it doesn't say that any other person found them. But when Noah found grace, it went down to his family and his family also uh, were in the ark. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And I think, as we all know, there is no man perfect as far as mankind is concerned. But I believe that we can be perfect in the eyes of God. And I believe that that's the way that Noah was. That's why Noah was perfect, because he walked with God. That was the second one. He walked with God. The third one, Noah was a just man in, in 6 verse 9. Just means righteous. Noah was justified by faith because that's what Paul says, that, that uh, we are justified by faith. And when in concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, where it speaks of him being as the Lord Jesus Christ, or a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. When, when Jesus died on the cross, or, or saw, a man saw all the things that Jesus did, he said, truly this was a righteous man. Who said that? In the New Testament. When they saw what Jesus did. Who? Yes, a centurion. That's right. And in that way, he was like uh, a type of the Lord Jesus. The fourth one, in verse 9 of chapter 6, I guess I read that over. Yes, he was perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Maybe I got some of these things kind of mixed together. Perfect in his generation, Noah was not contaminated. Did you ever notice how easy it is for people to become contaminated with the world around them? He was not contaminated in his being or with being influenced and persuaded by the wickedness that was around him. He was not contaminated. He was a just man and, and perfect in his generation. When the Lord came down, he was not contaminated physically either. Not contaminated. He was not con contaminated in any way. And that, in that way, the Lord was, I mean, Noah was a type, 
type of uh, the Lord Jesus. Noah walked with God. The first, uh, the fifth thing that I have here. Jesus lived in an unbroken communion and fellowship with God, the same way that Noah walked with God. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, taken from Luke 2. He lived by every word of God on the cross, and he said, Into thy hands I give my spirit. That was how in what close communion that Jesus was with God the Father. And Noah walked with, with uh, God as well. Now going to chapter 6. And it came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God saw the daughters of man, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in hundred and twenty and twenty years. And I'm not going to get into some of the discussion that we had in, in Sunday school class at this point. But just to, to uh, bring out some of the... the uh, Things that we want to look at. God gave Noah a job to do. And he told him to build an ark. God gave Noah an, on, an onerous work. And that was to make the ark. It was a highly important work. Never before or since has one man been called or given such a task. Never before was one man called to do such a, a task. And so the type is clear. The Lord Jesus Christ was entrusted the task of affecting the salvation of the lost and ruined sinners. And he did it by himself, just as Noah. Did you ever read anywhere where it says that Noah's sons helped him build the ark? I don't think. So it appears that Noah built this ark by himself. We can't find anywhere that had any of his sons helped, and I think it was kind of a bad deal that they let their dad work like that that hard and not help them, help him. But the Bible says that Noah did it. And in that he, it is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ that Jesus, like I said, Jesus said that I have finished the, tense, the, the work which thou gavest me to do. And then Jesus said, after he was finished with all that work, he said, it is finished. The job is done. Completed. Everything for salvation has been done was done for Noah, God said, let everything come, animals, everything, and go down into the ship, into the ark. Noah did the work alone. The truth for, uh, the truth foreshadowed is Leviticus 16, 17. No man shall be with him when he goeth in to make an atonement in the holy place. 
He went there, the high priest went there alone. And that's what Jesus did. In fact, there were, there were uh, several times in, in the Old Testament when they had a, a Pentec- feast of the Pentecost and different things like that. It was like week, two weeks or however long it was that they had this feast. But this, the atonement was done in one day. There was nothing else to do. It was completed. And that, and that uh, foreshadows the, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord said it was finished. Now, that was all accomplished in one day. Nothing left over. And it's interesting to note that there is nothing left over for us to do in accomplishing that salvation. Not a thing we can do. It's all been taken care of. Jesus accomplished everything. He said, it is finished. That meant that no one can do anything to better the offering that Jesus Christ gave. To make a better sacrifice. No one. There's lots of people that have tried and and are still trying to do something that, that would make them better. But they forget or don't understand that it's a gift given to us by faith. The ninth one that I have here is the saving of his house. Oh, Noah, after he went into the ark, God said, thy three sons and their wives are supposed to come into, into the ark. Which would mean that whenever we now accept this salvation, it's a household salvation. God wants a whole house to be saved. Their, their boys, they didn't help, as far as I know, they didn't help build the ark, but they came into the ark, went into the ark and were saved from the flood. And there were many people in that generation that were really wicked. And Peter tells us that, that they'd, they'd done wickedly and they did not enter into the ark. There were eight souls that were saved by going into the ark. The saving of his house, animals and birds preserved in the ark. Genesis 8, 1. I'm going to read that. And God remembered Noah after they were in the ark, and every living thing and all cattle that was with him in the ark, and God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained, and the waters returned from off the earth continually, and after the end of an hundred and fifty days the waters were abated, and the ark rested on the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, upon the mountains. So the, fin- the, the work was finished, the animals and the birds and everything, everything was preserved in the ark, and God remembered Noah. That's interesting to think about, that if we have faith in God, believe in God, that God remembers us. He remembers us even when we go to sleep and don't think about him. He still remembers us. And oftentimes people wake up and they have this gigantic dream Oh, huge things happened. 
And they were about ready to fall off of the earth, and all of a sudden they jumped and got awake, and it was just a dream. Some people translate their dreams, and, and I think that maybe God talks to people through a dream. I, I don't know. The Bible says, through a multitude of business cometh a dream. So the dream might not necessarily be God talking to us, but it could be. I don't, I don't think we should build our uh, salvation on a dream. You know, the Bible says you must be born again, and that's the way you get into the kingdom. There's lots of other things that can happen with, uh, with time and with living for the Lord. Genesis 9, 2 says that the animal creation being subject to Noah. After that, they came out. The animals all were subject to Noah. I don't know. I guess the lions didn't hurt him. The, the bears didn't hurt him. The, the snakes didn't hurt him. The, uh, everything. He was in charge. Noah was in control of all these things. The same way that Father has given all authority unto Jesus Christ. All authority. The winds obey him. The sea obeys him. The devils obey him. Everything is, all power is given to, to Jesus Christ. And Noah was a type of this man, the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus was in, in the uh, wilderness, he was there with the wild beasts. I hate to be out in the wilderness with wild beasts and things like that around. But Jesus was there. He had command. He had charge over all these things. And he still does. And so Christ is the heir of all things. Hebrews 1, 2 says. The next one is Genesis 6, 21 and 22. Jumping back and forth in the scriptures. Genesis 6, 21 and 22. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him to do. And we'll come back to that again. So uh, God told Noah to take food unto him, and so Christ, he is the bread of life. He is, men should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God is man supposed to live by. And so that means that we have, Christ is our manna from heaven. The next one, Genesis 6, 22, Noah did according to the commandment of God. So also we read of perfect obedience of one or him whom Noah foreshadowed. John 15, 10. There's a verse that goes with that. The next one is found in verse 18 and 19. Noah bringing to the new earth all God has committed to him. All the animals that, all the animals and the people that God 
had committed to Noah, Noah brought into the new, into the new world. After that, Noah came out of the ark. What did he do? He built an altar unto the Lord. And that's a, a good thing for us to do when he built that altar. Ephesians 5.2 says that Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering, a sweet-smelling Savior, an offering made unto God. God blessed Noah and his uh, the next one, God blessed Noah and his son. And the scripture tells us in Ephesians 3, 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. We are blessed in, in more ways than Noah. We are blessed with the true, the true one. And God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. 16, God made an everlasting covenant with uh, Noah. And in, in uh, Hebrews 13, 20, I'm going to read that. Hebrews 13, 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. It's an everlasting covenant. Now going back to Hebrews chapter 11. And it says in, in here that, but in verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, to please the Lord. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is, Jesus Christ is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God, moved with fear. This is one of, it's so amazing when you look at this. By faith, Noah being warned of God, he had the written word or he had the, the, the message from God and he moved with fear to the saving of his house. Being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now Moses, with all the wicked people around there, I mean uh, Noah, with all the people around, and she was working for many years. Someone has asked the questions in, in the Sunday school class, and, and I thought I had an answer later on when I was talking to Nate, that it, Noah built the ark, it took him 120 years. And Nate told me that that means that their life was going to be reduced to 120 years. It's not talking of the time, time that it took Noah to build the ark. And that may well be. I'm not disputing that. But I found something else that is very interesting. Because when Methuselah was born. Now look. Methuselah lived 969 years. And Methuselah means when he dies, the end is going to come. So it could be 
that Moses worked 960 years building the ark. That's a long, long time. And that ark was huge. Huge. It is said that 260 railroad cars filled with animals would go into the, into the ark. 260 railroad cars full of animals went into the ark. Can you imagine that? That's huge. Okay. I'm coming to the close of this now. So I'm going back to, to uh, Genesis. Verse, chapter 6, verse 22. It says here that, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Now, is it important? You answer this question. Is it important for us to do things exactly the way that God says we should? Or is it possible that we can deviate a little bit from what he says. That's what some people like to do with the scriptures. Well, it really, that's not what it's saying. We make, we make certain rules here and there and, and we try to obey the rules that we establish. But Noah did everything according to the commandments of God. Now, if Noah would have said, well, you know, I am not going as high as what God said that I should make the ark. So I'm going wider instead of higher. You think that would have worked? That's what some people are doing today. I, I, I don't think God means that we need to do everything exactly the way that it's spelled out in the New Testament. For instance, we found out in Florida that there are a lot of people that, that practice divorce and, re, and are remarried. So how do they get around with uh, around certain scriptures? And, and also, well, I, I think I know how they get around that. Because a lot of these people try to find the church that will be okay with what they're doing. A preacher that will tell them that it's all right to be divorced and remarried. Now in the New Testament, it does not say that. And if people would read that, I don't see how they can misread or misinterpret what God has said in, in Matthew as taught us in, in the book of Matthew concerning divorce and remarriage. Now, you may say that now you're starting to pick. Like one lady said, she was every time the preacher would say, she was saying, glory, praise the Lord, wonderful. And when the preacher started saying something that she didn't like, she said, now you're stepping on toes, you know. But that's kind of the way it is. You know, everything is glorious as long as we can do what we would like to do. 
That's a glorious experience. But when it gets down to what God wants, obeying the commandments of God, it becomes more serious. And we have a tendency to make detours around those things. So I guess that's, I'll close with that note. You know, there are a lot of types from the book of Noah that I, that I was inspired with. And like I said, I'm not, I don't know, maybe these things were touched on when I wasn't here in Sunday school, and maybe I didn't get it when I was here. You know, I, I certainly am not claiming to get everything that we talk about or, or understand everything, but I try. So may the Lord bless us with uh, knowing that Noah was really a good type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we bow our heads for prayer? Our God and Father, this morning we come to thee in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for everything that Jesus Christ has done for us. We thank you that he took upon himself to suffer and to be blamed by mankind of doing the wrong thing. When the people were wicked and going their own ways, some people heard him gladly and others refused because they thought they understood what the prophet was supposed to be like. This morning, Father, I want to thank you for this group of people here at the Berea congregation and for everyone that's visiting. I want to thank you for faithful members, faithful brothers and sisters, faithful because of Jesus Christ and what he means to all of us together. Thank you, Lord, for so great a salvation that was brought and accomplished for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. God, we know that you have made all things and everything worked according to your will. And we praise you for that, for being such a good Savior. Lord, we pray that you might bless this congregation, all the people together. We might enjoy the blessings that come to us from God, our Father. Lord, we pray that as we go from here, we might think about some of the things that Noah went through and the perfect example of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.